along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. I am Ron Kolak, your host, and with me all the way from somewhere on the western coast of England and Wales, or whatever it is, is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Stephen Parsons. I'm a bit disappointed this isn't the American Quilting and Craft Show. That sounded way better. But uh, yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we're, we're getting a bit storm-ravaged out here. Like yeah, so? Like living Suck in it North up. Carol- it's like living in North Carolina. We've got 100 mile an hour winds forecast for Sunday. So, you complaining or bragging? No, I'm just saying it'd um, be nice to get the T-shirt weather oh, back. Oh, we're going to win, oh, I was just so saying it'd be nice, nice to have T-shirt. Well, you've had some storms today. You know, today. I think everything's bigger and better in Wales, Parsons, but it isn't. It is. It is. We've got no, bigger dragons. No. Anyway, this is uh, just thinking another week. You'll be sitting, well, a little bit more than that. You'll be sitting right next to me. Week in a day. Yeah, I can hardly wait. I can tell. I can tell. I'm counting the days till you leave. I mean, till you arrive. Uh, anyway. I'll, just, I'll just take that jigsaw back out of the case. Oh, my gosh. I'll lose a whole 50p. Yeah. Anyway. 10,000 10, piece picture of baked beans. Yeah. You haven't, I told you, you haven't given me to that. Gonna, <laughs> I promise you. You I know promise. I will. You know I will. <laughs> You can, you can. I'll put that in the fire pit you put together last year. Yeah, right. I'm grateful. So. Anyways, we got a great show. We have somebody who you are acquainted with. Yeah, sadly, he's from your uh, your neck of the woods, as we say in the states. Not originally. He's originally from up north, which I suppose is also my neck of the woods. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I lose out both ways. Yeah, he's lead investigator of. Um, Pembrokeshire, the Pembrokeshire Ghost Club, not the Ghost Club, but the Pembrokeshire one. Nothing to do with the Ghost Club, but the Pembrokeshire one. And his name's Greg Hardman. Hello, Greg. Hi, Ron. Steve. How are you? Doing? Hello again. I'm so enthused. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who's talking first? Go on, we'll let you talk, Greg. You can do the rest of the show if you want. <laughs> we don't care. Anyways, uh, I actually was looking on... Uh, I'm trying to find your website. Do you have a website, by the way? No, I don't. Okay, that explains no, that. We're, we're, we're just a, a small private private team. We, we don't do anything on the uh, public side. Okay, that's, which is cool. I mean, that's good. I mean, uh, well, I, see, I see you're looking for personnel, so you have to be somewhat public if you're looking for personnel and putting it on Facebook. Well, I advertised for a couple of, you know, the team members uh, a couple of months ago. Um, we've had a couple of responses, and we've had one lad join our, join our team recently. Oh, excellent. So that's, that's, as, that's as public as we go, really. Uh-huh. Well, I heard you were on uh, Parsons Radio Show as well. Yeah, I've been on there a couple of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Three, okay. I think. Just curious. It's yeah. Um, well, did you have a phone one? In fact, you were on the very first one. I did. Second, I second one. Oh, yeah. Second one. Sorry. Second one. No, you know, public isn't a dirty word as much as people think it is. No, it's not. No, it isn't. Got to um, get out there and educate them. Hey, I do that in in, in a different uh, like on Facebook itself. We know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> exactly. Good. No, basically, it came about. The club came about because uh, my partner and I. Um, we went up and down the UK, working with different different teams, and it all turned on these public events and on one or two private events. But uh-huh. um, what they what they were doing just wasn't in 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 our in our view. It wasn't um, getting anywhere. It right. was very very TV method orientated. Yeah, and uh, pays the bills. <laughs> it does play the best for some, yes. But, um, they, don't, they don't play the game. Not. Greg, specifically, what sort of methods did you see that that um, you found so objectionable? I mean, rather, well, I mean, TV, obviously TV methods, but there are people listening to the show. There are, and there are differences between American TV shows and British ones who may not have a clue Amen. what you're talking about. Oh, that's true. Uh, okay, well. Basically, uh, the vast majority of these uh, events teams that we've been been with are uh, led mainly by um, mediums or people that call themselves mediums and a half a dozen sensitives in the team. Um, they use a lot of exactly the same type of stuff you see on the TV. You know, the K2 meters come out and the Ouija boards come out and table tipping and but table tipping has been around since God. I mean, since the eighteen fifties. Harry Price got involved in table tipping. Actually. Yeah, I mean, Harry Price actually worked with mediums on some cases. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, is there? Yeah, a, I'm not saying. I, 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 I'm, I'm I don't think Harry used the K two. No, probably. No, I, I'll give you that. <laughs> no, but it's not. Um, for, for you know, getting ten people stood around the table. Singing Ring of Ring of Roses in the middle of a, an old jail. At two I've got a video of that. Do you really? Yeah. I, I've got a video of 25 people standing around the table singing Ring of Ring of Roses while the medium, who was drunk, pushed the, ta- <laughs> pushed the table, missed the edge of the table in the darkness and because she was drunk, and then fell over. Oh, that's priceless. Oh, that exactly. Is, and, that, and that's literally what happens up and down the country. On all of, the, on not all of them, but on, you on don't a lot see of that on television, do you? I mean, we've me. not seen we've not seen Zach Bacon's or Super Mario Brothers. No, but in the early days, with Most Haunted um, and uh, the Most Haunted that they have now, they, you know, they do some uh, silly spiritualist type stuff. I think it's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that you know what I'm doing is right um, and what they do is wrong, but. Well, actually, actually, I'm going to take you to task on that because this isn't this isn't the West Wales. <laughs> um, you do take right. you do take uh, people to task on it, don't you? Um, in fact, you've taken many people to task on um, on social media about their methods and their application. Yes, and I've got no problem saying that. I'm just saying if it's what they, I don't I don't agree with it. And our team doesn't do it, but um, 
<laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to, although I, do, I disagree with that, I'm not going to turn around and tell them. But you have. Not, not, no, 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 I've never, I've never, I've never told him not to do it on a public event. But I've turned uh, up at. I've just gone away. I've just gone away. No, I've just gone away at the end and said that is suited, that is rubbish, and what you're doing is crap. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 no, I, I give you that one. I've never been on a public event, and I can't imagine you ever doing that. But for sure, you have definitely taken people to task on on social media, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, perhaps more people should do it. Um, Fasten certainly does, that's for sure. Actually, I, I, have I, done, I have done on uh, plenty of occasions. I know. I actually wrong. You're wrong. I, I very rare. I can't be bothered. That's the, the real reason. I used to many years ago, but, you know, do you know what? It makes no difference, does it? Ultimately. Exactly. It's well, a waste of breath. Recently, I've taken people to task. You know, recently, over the last few months, I've, I've come come to the the uh yeah the ground in that horse, you? <laughs> yeah you are fucking a dead horse for most people so it's just just a case of uh, i just block people like that now there you go <laughs> i mean I'll give, I'll, I'll give instead you an example instead of me getting blocked <laughs> yeah i'll give you an example um yeah the most 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 blocked man on social media um i'll give you an example of what of of what greg's talking about and it doesn't relate to greg it actually relates to the new guidance notes that the spr have just published um, and on one of the promotions, it was promoted and designed for the general ghost hunting community. So not the SPR and not the ghost club and blah, blah, blah. Um, it was designed for everybody. It was an inclusive project that the SPR undertook. And um, one of the posts was onto a, a social media page, which has about 18 or 19,000 members, both sides of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And the response wasn't, oh, yeah, that's worth a read. The response was immediately, who the hell do these people think they are? They may have been around 140 years, but that doesn't give them the right to tell us what to do. (laughs) (laughs) They've never even seen a copy of the bloody book. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, they're not going to buy a copy. Yeah, yeah, you're not forcing it on anyone. No, you were just making them aware of what it is, um, who, who's published it, you know, where it's available from, in a very sort of informative way. Um, there was no sort of saying, you must have, you must do this. Um, but no, immediately it was it was met with a tirade of, who do the SPR think they are? Well, I can I can say from my, my standpoint... Um, I- up and down the UK with all the groups that we've been with, uh, you know, you t- we're talking at least 15 or 20 different groups that we went out with to see how they operated. None of them, without, you know, I would say quite happily put my hand on my heart and say none of them knew who the SDR were. Correct. Correct. Absolutely correct. That's something we found too. But what's, what, what you will, may have found, Greg, as you've gone around, have you, have you discovered that within each group, there is usually a small core, perhaps one, two, three people, who really want to know more. They want to ask questions. Well, want I, I, found, I, found, I found that a lot of people said they wanted to do more. You know, when I was talking to them, because I, I, you know, what I'm like I come across as a quite a strong character. Yeah. And and I put my point across. I always do at any of these public events. I make it. I make myself known to these people, and know that I'm not going to take any nonsense off them. <laughs> um, basically, um, and half the time we did our own thing, 
Um, we took our own kit with us and did our own thing. Um, but these people seem to be scared to go against the status quo of their own group. Well, it's because, the, I mean, there's an example locally, actually, another paranormal team out here in West Wales. And uh, they were also recruiting earlier this year, late last year. And one of the members came along because they were looking to explore the paranormal. And so they searched for local paranormal teams in their area. They found a team. Um, they joined the team. Now, this team practices some of the, should we say, the, the more television, more, the, the things that you wouldn't like, Greg. Um, and this person who is obviously desperate to learn and know more is six months later almost a lost cause because they've fallen in line with um, this and they've become part of the social network, part of the group of friends of this group, and they won't go, now want to go against the grain. And, you know, but in, in, in every group, there are always a couple of people I found down the years who genuinely, like you, uh, genuinely want to know more. They've bought books, they've read on the subject, they, they ask intelligent questions. But because of the nature of the way it's evolving, um, they, you said earlier that the groups are led by psychics and mystics and misguided halfwits. Uh, I added the misguided hard halfwits. Yeah, I resemble that remark. Uh, I'll, add to, I'll add to that. They're, they're then led astray. You know, they, they may have yeah. puppies on the dark side, but we've lost them. And that's what the, the SPR was trying to do, was to make this guide out there to to at least perhaps one or two people in each group might read it, might look at it, and might, you know, change comes from within, doesn't it? It can do, but like I said, it, it's whether or not the two were, the people who want to go that way are willing to open their mouths and, and tell the rest of the group. But um, problem is there's no experts in the paranormal. That's right. You hear that all the time. And that's, yeah. that's one of the most ridiculous you know, phrases yeah. out there. Whenever you corner them, it's all, oh, there's no experts in the paranormal. In fact, that was one of the quotes on that thread I was talking about a little while ago. Uh, uh -huh. Somebody actually put that. There are no experts in the paranormal. Who are well, How people? come there's so many parapsychologists out there now? That, well, there, uh, are, there actually there aren't. Uh, there are. There's tons of them. Well, yeah, there's lots of people calling themselves parapsychologists. That's what I mean. But in, in reality, the number of parapsychologists working in the field is actually quite small. We know of Lloyd Auerbach, of course, and Kieran and Cal and a handful of others, Dr. Simon Sherwood. Um, you've got Caroline, uh, Caroline um, Watson. And Winsper. And Winsper. Seems to be Dr. Anne Winsper. But a lot of them have to have a day job, too. Um, and if you take Kieran, his job is actually a forensic psychologist. If you look at Cal, he's a bereavement psychologist. If you look at Lloyd Auerbach, he's a chocolatier. If you look at, <laughs> if you look at Jim Haran, he's a, he's a psychologist for a dating website. You know, it doesn't pay the bills. Um, and that's why one of the reasons why parapsychology doesn't engage with ghost investigation, because it, it, in essence, there's no funding in it. But then you have the problem of these people who go away and do something like a center of excellence parapsychology course and start calling themselves psychologists. True. Like Dr. Robert Young. Who's not really a doctor. He paid £25 for his qualification. Yeah, he's got his 25p. No, he's, he paid 25 quid. And uh, oh, Cal's, wow. 
I mean, we've had Cal on the show talking about Dr. Robert Young. Uh, it's one of Cal's yeah, horses. Um, and, yeah, Dr. Robert Young. He, he sent me... I shouldn't say this, but hey, I've had gin. Um, he sent me an email recently saying, um, could I put in a good word for him with the Society for Psychical Research so he can do some cases for him? <laughs> I sent him a polite reply. reply. Mm. See, the thing is, you, you, you go with these public events groups, like I said, and I, I'm on a bit of a, I've been on a battle with these groups for like three or four years now. And um, you just can't seem to get through to half of them. That what they're doing is isn't viable. You know, all this supposed evidence that they're collecting, all these YouTube videos, it, it's rubbish. You know. Well, I mean, the, the problem with that is it puts you on a pedestal because you you are telling them that their stuff is rubbish which you have then got to produce very high quality stuff that they can't criticize. So you've got to be, you've got to be quite careful when you, I mean, oh, I, am, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't I, dive in two feet without, uh, without an answer. Uh, uh, when, uh, when, <laughs> I used to, not anymore. <laughs> no, you, you have, you have calmed down. Uh, the Ritalin's obviously working. The, um, <laughs> What I've discovered down the years is you can actually, in fact, public events are something I do enjoy because I find it a great opportunity. And I know Rob will, will hopefully agree because I know he does too. You, you can wrap education um, around inside a sort of chocolate. Some entertainment. Coat. Yeah, inside a chocolate. You, you, you chocolate coat the entertainment, the education inside entertainment. And you, you can play all of the games with them. You can show them the flashing torch experiment. You can have them playing with K2s um, as part of the package. But you can also educate them to think a little deeper, to critically consider what's taking place and leave them going ahead, going away, going, well, that was interesting. That's challenged my beliefs. That's challenged my thought processes. So I embrace uh, public events now um, because they are... Yeah, but you, you, embrace, you, embrace, you embrace the public events by actually running the public events. Uh, no, I also participate in them. Uh, I don't just run them all. Um, I do organize and run some, but in the main, um, the majority of the ones that I participate in are actually organized, and I'm a participant in it. Yeah, uh, over here, you uh, you participate in all the events. Exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't run and organize any of the events at Spirit Quest, but I take a very active role and make sure that nobody goes away without a reveal. Um, I don't destroy the experience because that would be wrong. People are paid to be entertained. But what you what you need to do is to give them both sides of the or what I try to do. Oh, I've tried to do both, that. I mean, I've tried. I've tried. I, I tried it. I tried it in the story. I tried it in um, Craig and North Castle once. Um, we had a medium. we were in this really really old. I don't know if you've been there. It's basically a hotel. Uh, you, you walk through a door and oh, I know like, Craig North. Yeah, you've gone, you've gone back like 150 years because it's not been decorated since it was a um, TB hospital. Hmm. Uh, and and we, are, we had a medium or someone calling themselves a medium basically talking to a K2 meter. And the reason the K2 meter was reacting was because I had a app on my phone that I, was, I purposely put on to interact with the K2 meter. And every time it... My phone blipped. The K2 meter went up, up off the scale onto the red, up to the red. 
And this medium was convinced that she was talking to a little girl. And it went like that until my phone died. And then the K2 meter dropped off. And then it was, oh, she must have gone now. And I said, well, actually, it's because my phone has died. Yeah, but isn't that (laughs) deceit, Greg? I'm sorry, but uh, isn't that really deceit? No, but what I was trying to show them was the fact that because they were convinced that they were using a K2 meter to talk to something. And I was, I, I was, I told them prior to all this, that K2 meters do can be um, activated from outside sources. Right. Radio signals or uh, the telephone, mobile phones and all that sort of thing. And they, but they, but they, they know that, don't they? they um, yeah. Well, they, they, so they, either, say, I, they, they say they know it. And then when I actually well, showed yeah. them how it actually happened, they were like, oh, no, no. Def-. And I was like, oh, OK. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're right. I mean, a lot of them talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. But at the same time, right. I mean, I, I'd echo Ron's question. Um, simply saying that, yeah, well, well, that was me and my mobile phone, which has now died. You can't demonstrate to them that, that that's what you were doing. So it is deceitful in a way. Because, well, like like with the Maglite experiment, that I think you were there when it took place. Um, I I didn't say anything. I just put the Maglites out, and they started flashing and flickering, and the medium started talking to the Maglites. And later on, when it came to my part of the evening, I put the Maglites up again, and I started to talk to the Maglites. And then once I had people's attention, I explained how you set the tail caps and how you wait for a so many no, seconds. And... No, you didn't actually, Steve. You, yes, you I went... did. No, 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 I'm talking about the one at the Imperial, not the one at Eddie's. Yeah, it was the Imperial. And then you waited till the following day and then you did the reveal the following day in minis. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did, because that video is. I've children, got the video. Children, well. no fighting anyway, yeah, I've got the video. <laughs> well, I definitely did the reveal. That's why, that's why that particular medium won't speak to me anymore. Mm. But but you know you do have to yeah edu- I mean public events I think uh, are crucial to. Why did I did that uh, at least three or four years ago? So ah right. But I think public events are crucial to educating and engaging with. I mean, this is something Harry Price taught me. Uh, You know, Price was very, very keen that uh, he wanted to promote his cause that that academics should involve themselves in psychical research and and study it at an academic level. Um, But he realized that the public would have it was the public. Uh, perception of the subject carried weight and so he engaged fully with the public he did the BBC stuff, he did the radio he wrote for the magazines and the newspapers of the day and he got criticised for it in, you know, in many ways I would say the price was ahead of the curve um, You know, in an era when it wasn't considered to be polite to talk to the plebs um, you know, pr- price fully engaged with these people and worked the popular press and told ghost stories in an edu- in, in a sort of entertaining way because he had an agenda. He wanted the public on his side to, to get the academics to take it seriously. Yeah, well, that's, that, that, when you were talking about that, but you know, he, he told he, he told ghost stories. And I mean, that's one thing I've noticed on these public events is that they don't follow up on the ghost stories that the building has. They follow up on their own. <laughs> They follow up on what they they perceive to have been their own personal experiences, and then they pre- proceed to tell the the paying guests 
that's what they're looking for. Oh, when I when we were here last time, we had this, this, and this, and that's what we're looking for. That's actually a very clever tactic because you can't you can't dismantle somebody's personal experience. No, it's it's a psychological game. That's all that is. Yeah, exactly. They don't follow up on the actual. When you turn around and say, "Well, what about the ghost of such and such that's been seen here since, which was first reported in the 1920s or whatever, and it's been seen ever since? What about that one?" And they're like, "Uh," because all they're doing is following up on their own made-up stories. See, when we do it, they don't. Not always. Wait a minute. Wait. They might believe. When we usually do an event, we don't usually tell anyone of what the the any reports of ghosts or anything like that, that that will taint what they're doing. So we want them to tell us, have their own experiences. And, you know, if, if they come up with their things, and then we'll do uh, the history a little later. Uh, but, you know, it, by going in there, you're just really, you know, tainting the whole thing and say, okay, you, you know, this is, place is haunted by Joe Blow. And, you know, yeah, you, you, Ron, right. what you don't, right, what you don't Ron. remember, Ron, is the fact that in Britain, um, much smaller country. Uh, we have relative. Uh, most of our cases are very well known, very well publicised. That's true. That's true, Steve. I, I give uh, you that. Yeah. So uh, if you don't tell them that you know Cragginos is haunted by you know, X Y Z, they mm. will have already done it, read it. It's in every book. It's on every internet page relating right. to that location. In fact, the locations themselves will often tell people. Well, that's um, exactly what happened with us at Charlton House in London, Steve. Um, we we went there and there was a young lad on there. Um, and he just started, we, we were doing one of these calling out sessions and he started asking these really, really pertinent questions. You know, is such and such here? Is, is, is um, Mr. Blah Blah here? Mm-hmm. And these were basically what he'd done. He had literally read up the history of this building in depth and was basically trying to, Bring forth the spirits of these people that were part of the uh, part of the history of the building. Right. Did he succeed? But <laughs> <No. laughs> well, that was with pigs. Ah, well, there we are. Um, we're coming up to an ad break, aren't we, Ron? How yep. can people How can people get hold of uh, the Pembrokeshire Ghost Club, Greg, if they want to send a case your way or or, or take up one of those apl- uh, applications for membership? Well, we've got. Um, the Pembrokeshire Ghost Club at gmail.com. That's uh, our email. And obviously, every now and again, I'm going to be posting up uh, an advertisement. So, so, so social media. Social media, yeah. There we go. So hunt for the go- hunt for the Pembrokeshire Ghost Club. I think we got ads coming up, haven't we? A word from our sponsor. In a minute or two. And somebody, seven, six, five, four, three, ten, somebody looking for sea monsters in Tembe. So anyways, uh, we are listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International. We are, but you are. Anyways, right here on uh, Tojanet and Pararex Radio with Steve Parsons and Ron Cullen, our very special guest, Greg Hartman of the Pembrokeshire Ghost Club. We'll be right Shire. back the following messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Hi, Steve Parsons here looking for sea monsters in Tembe, West Wales. And I'll be over in New England looking for your sea monsters 
this coming fall. Join me, Ron Kolek, and a host of others at Spirit Quest 2018. We'll see you there. to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet with your anchor Ron Kolek in New England and me here in West Wales, Steve Parsons. And our guest tonight is Greg Hardman of the Pembrokeshire Ghost Club. In the Shire. What? I thought I was quite CNN like that. Oh, very, very, uh, very formal. I was very CNN. Yeah. Anyway, I could do the I could do the Fox. Yeah, I could do the Tucker Carlson version. <laughs> Anyways, we're one thing I want to get back to, and and it seems you have an affinity against uh, mediums and spiritualism, and uh, you know when I first started doing founded the New England Ghost Project, uh, I didn't believe in a lot of things. Didn't believe in mediums. Didn't believe in thousand. Didn't believe in uh, things. But in order for me to criticize criticize it, then you know you have to do more than just read an article or two on Wikipedia, you have to do a little bit of research on it. So uh, that's one thing I've always done if I'm going to criticize something is to try to understand it the best I can. And one of the, my biggest projects right now, of course, is the Red Light Seance, which we have been doing research on by holding seances every month for the past almost four years and collecting data on that. So do you feel that same way, Greg, that you sh- if you're going to well, criticize things, you should... I don't have an affinity against them as such, but the way they go about it on these, these public events that I've been personally experienced myself is I don't think that these people who claim to be mediums are mediums, you know, because there's nothing that they can produce that can't have already been read about that I've, that I've witnessed. Um, I've been on the Ouija board with these people and they've been blatantly pushing it by. I've been informed lately that, you know, mediums all know that they're pushing the, the planchet and it's a spirit that's working through them, that sort of thing. Um, when I first met Steve um, and got seriously talking about the paranormal with Steve, um, I actually had a disbelief of spiritualism, this, that sort of thing. And he made me read a book called uh, by Harry Price, 50, 50 Years of Cycle Research. And by the time I finished reading it, I had opened my eyes about the possibilities of spirit, you know, the, what these mediums can achieve on the physical side of life. Um, and I've yet to see anything 
that a person who is good with reading people, good with um, figuring out people's body language, that sort of thing, wouldn't be capable of doing. You know, I watched a, I watched a guy called Banachek. He's one of your American, uh, yep. American, American guy. Josh yep. uh, Papad played him actually. Yeah, just that Banachek. <laughs> but he was able to do stuff, and he's turned around and said, "I can do anything." So I, I've been able to do anything so far that a medium uh, says they can do. I read read people what they read, reading people, um, doing various things things like the spoon bending uh, stuff. So, so you're referring to Banachek who works for the James Randi Educational Foundation. And say no more. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen I've seen many of his videos too, and they are interesting. But I mean, the fatal flaw with uh, with I'm not J-Ref. saying I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying that no, no. Things. But there is a fatal flaw with JREF, and oh, I that agree. being, I agree. Fact, there are several, but the main one being is they are judge, jury, and executioner. Um, and the fact that, in fact, the fact that you can replicate something or do or make something appear to an audience the same way doesn't mean that was the way it was originally done. Oh, uh, I mean, Price, uh, Harry Price actually challenged. You could say the same about any scientific experiment. Well, yeah, actually, no, you can't. No, you, no, you no, can't. No, no, no you, you can't, can't because science doesn't work that way. You you publish your results and the methods, and so they in the hope that others will uh, go away and replicate it and test it. And, and in fact, that's led to some, in fact, the very famous God Helmet experiment, which we're all aware of, done by Persinger, who, God rest his soul, passed away recently, was accepted by many, many parapsychologists as the de facto proof that electromagnetism can affect the brain and make people do peculiar things or think peculiar thoughts and have peculiar experiences. But the fact that Persinger had written down the methods and the, um, the the protocols for the experiment meant that it was replicated by Uppsala University in Sweden. And they had completely different results. And they published their completely different results. Um, Randy doesn't do that. What Randy does, and in fact he's notorious for doing it, um, there have been many, many instances where he's been caught doing it, is fudging the experiment or setting the the changing the reg, changing the standards changing the criteria for the test at the last minute um being well, underhand I, 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 I haven't mentioned randy no but J- randy works for jref and banachek is his um uh, protege because obviously yeah, all i'm saying is like father christmas is looking where, a bit old now. Where, he was inter- where he was interviewed by, um, no, I can bend a spoon. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's paranormal. Only no, you, only Geller ever said it was. Exactly. These people, these mediums, etc., um, claim, are claiming that they can do this stuff. Yes, they but are. It can, but it, and it can be replicated without being a medium. Yes, it can. However, and that's what Geller, that's all that's Geller all was, the point I was putting yeah, across. But you, but 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 what but Randy what? ignores is the work of Professor John Taylor. Um, at London, I think it was Goldsmiths or one of the other universities, who tested Randy, who tested Geller, no, who tested Geller under very controlled conditions. This is Professor John Taylor, a, a, a British researcher, and he took Geller into a laboratory 
under very and, and several of the children who also claim to um, be able to reproduce these these effects. Uh, and he said that the controls he put in place prevented Geller from committing fraud, and that he was convinced uh, that that Geller was doing something not normal. Now Randy basically waves waves that evidence away. And the JREF waved that evidence away with a, a sort of a dismissive wave of the hand and say, oh, he was fooled. What does he know? He was an idiotic professor of physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Geller did beat the test. He did beat the test with, with Professor Taylor. Now, we can't dismiss that fact. We can't wave it off like Randy did with a wave of a dismissive wave of the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so perhaps Geller was doing something extraordinary. And perhaps the fact that I can bend a spoon, Ron can bend a spoon, and half a thousand other people can bend a spoon only indicates that there are other ways of bending a spoon that are normal and not paranormal. But it doesn't mean that Geller wasn't cheating. Or it doesn't mean he was cheating. There it lies one of the problems with um, Banachek. Yeah, but all I was saying was... (coughs) The stuff, things like reading people, can be done without being a medium. Of course it can. I mean, we, we, we all do it every day. I mean, we have to do it every day because... Yeah, I know it's part of the natural thing. Yeah, but uh, mediums are just good at, good at psychology, and I'll agree with you 100%. The vast majority of them are fraudulent. Whether, whether it's intentional fraud or whether it's unintentionally self-deluding themselves that they're doing something mystical... I agree that, with that one. But at the same time, I have been in situations where a, somebody has said to me that they are psychic, that they're a medium, and then they have gone on to give me information they cannot possibly have known. There is no, because the situations were such, and it's only happened on a limited number of occasions, right. but the controls were so tight that they, in fact, nobody knew. Um, that the information that they were providing was accurate information until many months later when research turned up the information. Okay, uh, that's, in my in my opinion, I don't think mediums should run paranormal paranormal investigations. Oh, I, don't no, I agree either. with you. I agree totally with that. But and that's my I that's my main problem with public events groups. No, that's I, my I, main problem with public events groups is because a vast majority of them have mediums running the investigations. And I think that I think that skews the whole thing in completely the wrong direction and leaves it to be very very subjective experience. But exactly, in, in and the that, case, that's the other thing about public investigations. It, a, a vast majority of the evidence that they produce or they say they produce is subjective. And when I've questioned them and said, "Well, can I see the objective evidence?" They get all they get all. Um, Snooty with me, you know, Greg. Maybe it, it's a little different over here than over there. But when we use the term "public investigation" over here, we are looking at basically an entertainment unit versus a true investigation or or research unit. Well, that 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 that's it. Well, over here, Ron, these people who run public events for entertainment actually call themselves investigators, and they're actually doing investigations. With thirty that, odd people running around the building, but people, so but they, people they're calling the right that serious investigation. That's that's always been my issue, Ron. Um, yes, the fact that you're not selling it as what it is, that you're misrepresenting what you're actually doing, which is um, 
you can call it. Yeah, we are going to look for the ghosts of X Y Z Castle. They even, they even produced the results online the following, the following week or whatever. Yeah, well, that's followers. I mean, that's the part I object to. to uh, um, but what I don't object. But the interesting to, thing about it, and and I, I do want to say this just as a caveat, is that during these public investigations there is actually a chance that something paranormal could occur to someone there. Yes, uh, there is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The, pro- I agree. the problem becomes then, though, that because of the utter lack of control and chaos... Right, just and the way, personal experience. And the way in which the information... Well, a lot of these teams have got the correct equipment. There's nothing wrong with what they're using. They've got audio and visio recorders, they've got thermometers, blah, blah, blah. But because of the way they're using them, the evidence that they are presenting from a perhaps genuine experience is worthless. That's right. I mean, for one example, I, I got talking to a group that had, they call themselves Ghost Response on, on <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Love that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, okay, you've heard of them. Well, basically, they, they produced this evidence. Um, and I said, well, have you got another camera? You know, it was on video. And it says, have you got another camera angle so that we can see where the hat was thrown from? Oh, no, no, we only had the one camera. So, yeah, they've got all this equipment, but like you say, they don't set it up in the right way. They don't think of it methodically. And they they go from one room to another room to another room to another room to another part of the building to outside, back inside, all in, all in a matter of a couple of hours. Instead of just concentrating on, but because it's for entertainment as well, they still class themselves as investigators, but it's for entertainment. Yeah. I have nothing to say to that, really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so Greg, I, have, have, you've done some investigating on your own. Your group has, with not in public investigations, but uh, private investigations, I guess is what you guys call it. Yeah. So when you do that, what's what's it like? How do you conduct a, a private investigation? Well, we basically talk to the people who own the establishments or, or what have you, um, find out what phenomena they've um, experienced. Um, for one, for one, we've been looking at long term for now is it's just literally been a visual experience. So. When we first started the investigation, um, we went went in and we literally just concentrated on the two places that the the people had the experience in. And we didn't take any equipment with us. We just observed observed the situation for ourselves at the same sort of time period um, that they had had the experience. And as individuals, we all made our own um, notes throughout each session, uh, a timed session, and that, that so. Be, and, and then later on, um, we set up uh, video cameras so that, uh, for instance, one was in a corridor, so we had a camera at each end of the corridor, so that they were both in sight of each other. If one picked up something, the other would pick it up, and if you know it. It prevented it prevents um, people messing around with the cameras as well because you can one camera is always looking at the other one that sort of thing. 
Don't you get uh, infrared flare from that, though? No, no. If you, you can slightly uh, offset the cameras, but at, at the time, it's middle middle of the summer, so we weren't using infrared anyway. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Do you, so do you, we, don't, we don't we don't just go in after dark. Do you have to have the lights out to investigate? No, no. If the if the phenomena was happening during the day, we'd go and we'd go and investigate during the day. If it Makes happened, perfect sense. Yeah, if it happened at one o'clock in the morning, we investigate at one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and a couple of hours either side. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it does sound familiar. Someone trained. <laughs> mm. did, you, did you know Steve actually uh, did most of the training for myself? Really? Well, I feel <laughs> sorry for you then. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is the sort of good practice that the SPR have been promoting with the. Um, because what the SPR were very concerned about is not groups doing these events or doing public events or, or telling them how to do it, but it's saying you are, you know, there is a great opportunity whilst in these haunted locations to gather evidence, to gather information, to learn more about what's taking place. And what the SPR did with their guidance notes was to say, look, these are some of the tips and tricks um, so you can up your game a little bit, and so you can challenge the parapsychologists. And the response has been positive in the main, but as I, as I, as I mentioned earlier, the happiness. You're always, Steve, you're always going to have that no matter what. But oh you yeah, know, but is, unfortunately, they were the people that the book was. You know, I think the SPR designed the book for. Right, and even even in your first book, uh, the title escapes me right now. Para something or other. Acoustics. Paracoustics, right? Uh, is that the word paracoustics? Uh, paracoustics was the first one, yeah. yeah it was, huh? Anyway, you you don't you only maybe that's not the one I think of. What was the second book? Ghostology. Oh, ghostology. That's the one I was thinking about. Okay, and in ghostology, you you don't really say this is the only way of doing things, do you? No, um, ghostology was very specifically not a how-to. It was a discussion about the different methods, the pros and cons, because. You, a group has got to find its own way. Um, but what ghostology was, and, and indeed what the guidance notes built on, was uh, the fact the basic building blocks of good practice. How people put them bro- blocks in. I mean, setting the date and time. Yeah, I know. You know, something as simple as that is so overlooked by 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 people, and yet. You know, if you then hand in to one of the universities your piece of astounding ghost proof, which you, you know, you legitimately captured and, uh, you know, it, there was no nobody messing around and you're 100% sure of that. And the camera footage is backed up by other camera footage. Um, and the recording is showing 1-1-2000. And the other one's dated 1999. The other one's dated today's date. Right they're not going to take you seriously. So something even very simple like that, and that's what both Ghostology and the SPR guidance notes were, were saying, is that here are some basic steps that you should take to make your evidence more credible. And it doesn't just relate to how you use your equipment. It relates to how you deploy the team, how you talk to the witness, how you gather the information together that there are, there are good ways of doing things and there are bad ways of doing things. Agreed. So, yeah, what, what, what uh, Greg, as far as your group, what do you see yourself doing uh, in the future with your group? 
Well, we've only, we only started up um, early, early last year. Um, we're concentrating on one or two locations uh, in, in Pembrokeshire itself. Um, hopefully down the line, maybe go on a road trip somewhere. Um, I, myself and my partner, Fiona, we're, we're both um, affiliated with ASAP as well, which is the Association for Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as both being members of the SPR ourselves, so working with the working alongside ASAP is um, probably the main uh, goal that we have at the moment. Oh, very good. So I know Steve doesn't. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to go there. No, go on. Yeah, go on. Go on. <laughs> go on. Go on. So uh, I, know, I know you don't always uh, appreciate. The ASAP stuff. I completely disagree with the ASAP on many, many oh, things. Ah, it's not what you've told me in the past. I totally disagree <laughs> with them on many things. Most importantly, as you will have heard me talking about not two weeks ago at the conference, the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena have decided in their wisdom to set zero standards or methods. At a, They've got eight pages of ethics um, written on this sort of PC rubbish about how to treat witnesses. And absolutely nothing, nothing, zero about how to use, uh, make, measure or observe using uh, equipment. Nothing. They decided, in fact, they actively decided that they weren't going to have any. Yeah, I I agree, actually. I haven't done the training session with them um, last year or whatever it was last year. Yeah. um, Yeah, I, I found myself... Reiterating, basically regurgitating what you told, told you've told me in the past. I mean, you know, we have the International Standards Organization and the American has the American Standards Authority, the ASA, um, and there are standards for measuring everything. Yeah. And yet, ASAP, who set themselves up as judge, jury, and executioner of good practice, decided after polling their members that they wouldn't have any standards at all. Not one. Not one single... They didn't even say, you will set your date and time. You should set your date and time. Nothing. They decided that that wasn't their remit. I had a big issue over that. Okay, well... Idiocy. Maybe that's one of the things on my agenda then for the future. No, no, I don't yeah, there you go. I mean, as you you heard me nail it at the conference a couple of weeks ago when I actually pulled them up on that very topic, that they didn't have any standards. You know, the scientific association had no standards for measuring anything whatsoever. And left well, you know, entirely... well, you know I'm an engineer, so I know all that sort of stuff anyway. But... Well, you do, but yeah. the rest of the asset membership are not engineers. Um, you know, not all of them are engineers, I should say. Um, and there are some, well, I was going to say, crazies, because ASAP, like the SPR, has no bars to membership. Anybody can join. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I agree. I agree with that. Wait a minute. Can't anybody join the SPR and the Ghost Coast? Of course Coast? they can. Of course they yeah, can. Yeah. So? Yeah, but the SPR doesn't conduct investigations like ASAP members do. You, uh. you, you can be in the Society for Psychical Research. You can't represent them. You can't go on a training course for the SPR. The SPR has a spontaneous cases committee, 
which is made up of a number of people who have got a proven track record and qualify and or qualifications in different areas relating to paranormal studies. So that might be history or archaeology or psychology or whatever. They have their own in-house sort of uh, committee who will examine cases. Um, so, but ASAP, what ASAP does is you come along, you do your half day's training, you learn a lot about ethics, you, you're never told to set the date and time on your camcorder. I disagree with that actually, Steve, because we did a full weekend's course last week, last year, and we did that sort of stuff. Did you, did they actually tell you? Well, they haven't got any mention of it on their own uh, ethics pages and stuff. Well, it might pages. not be on their pages, but it, we well, did they, actually do They, they need to have it on their pages, they need to be shouting it from the highest hilltops to set the bloody date and time rather than wittering on about nonsensical ethics. Now, that's not to say ethics aren't very, very important. Yeah, well, um, to be honest, since, you, since this new um, pamphlet's come out that you've done with the SPR, <laughs> I, know, I know that's, um, yes. that's going to probably that's gonna be yes. a hot topic with us. Yes, it's going to be addressed. But like, in, like I, I, as, you, as you know, with ASAP, it's not just about ghosts and hauntings and poltergeists. It's... UFOs and cryptozoology and every other manner of paranormal well, that, stuff. Well, then you brought me on to the second reason why I fell out so spectacularly with ASAP and disagree with them, because they then set themselves up as the UK's official regulatory body for paranormal investigators. Um, but yeah, they're members. I'm, I'm one yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah. And their, their members are made up of a broad range of people from ufology, cryptozoology, conspiracy theories, ghost investigators. But surely it doesn't it doesn't surely it doesn't it doesn't matter what field you follow, the investigation should still yeah. be of a similar practice. Have you ever met a ufologist? Yeah, I've met a, I've met they, a few. They make they make <laughs> mediums look sensible. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> wow, you guys are bad. I, I do not want to be regulated or put in the same box as, 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 as these people, these crack these crackheads who go around oh. believing that the world is flat and that the, the government is involved in a mass conspiracy of mind control. And yet, that's what I'm saying. Didn't you used to be a member of a ufology group? Uh, when I was 15, I did, yeah. So you were one of those crackheads, were you? No, no, because because you were no, because you'll 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 be aware that Befora was the UFO equivalent of the SPR. Well, that's why I'm training up with Befora at the moment. So I was only a member of Befora. They're still UFOs. They're still ufologists. Nothing wrong with UFOs. It's the people that investigate. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, there's the bell. We've got to uh, leave this UFO crap behind. <laughs> so anyway, so you've been listening. Well, oh, wait a minute. We're not going yet. Uh, so, Greg, we want to thank you for coming on. Anything else you'd like to add before uh, we say goodbye to you? Like how no, I'm okay. It's just been nice, nice talking to you. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us how we can get in touch with you if people want to argue with you a bit more. On Facebook, Greg Ardman. <laughs> So, so Greg. Anyways, let me ask you: You do like to argue? Do you? Do you? Are you I don't do you like consider- arguing. I just sometimes get a little bit heated. Do you, well, do you <laughs> consider yourself open-minded? I am open-minded, but I've got a sensible dose of skepticism in, in me as well. I know, but is it so strong that you'll overlook everything? No, no, definitely not. Fair enough. I, if, if as long as people 
uh, you know, if I if I'm talking to people and, and I see that they're approaching the subject in a in a sensible, methodical manner, then yeah. But then you get the crackpots like Steve mentioned with the ufologists. Um, Didn't say they were crackpots. I said crackheads. <laughs> okay, it's crack going to be a Steve. You'll be able to decide for yourself. Mufon will be there. That's all right. The mutual U- the mutual UFO, the UFO network. They cl- charge you three hundred dollars to to do training. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Hey, you know, you do get an anal, free anal probe out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have to wrap it up anyway. So, uh, Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope we weren't too hard on you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Steve, uh, you'll be over here uh, before yeah, I week, even know. A week tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scary. Hope the weather clears up for you. That'll be great. Yeah, the hurricanes of the hurricane season's finished now. Although I'm very reluctant to having seen. Didn't somebody just get eaten off the Massachusetts coast by a great white shark? Yeah, they did. So yeah, on that note, we have to say goodbye. <laughs> Adios. So, tune in next week. Good For the next episode of Jaws. <laughs>